This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity. Call sign Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a loud orange hat on my head and a whistle. What's up? Not much. Just uh, just excited and anticipation for Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Can't wait. And the trailer for, for the new Mission Impossible came out today. So it's just Tom Cruise is on my mind. You love Tom Cruise. I do. I sing his praises on the regular. What's weird is I, I I always think that I don't really like Tom Cruise, but like I watch a bunch of his movies and I like him in them and I like the <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Except for like, I have no interest in Mission Impossible. Like I, I have no, it's Oof. that spy thing. It's the same reason like I didn't get into James Bond. It's like, yeah. like that genre just doesn't uh, appeal to me. Like, like the movies can be good and enjoyable and i you know if i watch them i can like them but like i have no desire to watch them on my own <laughs> so I, was like, I don't get that though because you go and see things like cats because of the a-list like you're not gonna go you're gonna go see the new I'll, mission I'll impossible see. i'm sure with the a-list I, I, right yeah i probably will i don't know if i'll watch all of them leading up to it maybe i will maybe i'll give it a try if they're available but uh, yeah you kind of you at least have to watch the last two you should try and watch the last three so four five and six but mainly you just need five and six well i've i've seen the first two mm-hmm. and i actually i really like the second one yeah the john john <laughs> hey, he's making a comeback i'll be i'll i'll be it i watched it when i was about 13 um but that was the last one i watched like the first one i thought was boring yeah, like the but the second one was like nonstop action. Like this is pretty sweet. But uh, no desire to watch anything after that. And then like the more praise they get, the the the, the more I dig my heels in on not wanting to see them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said no. It's like they're too popular now. <laughs> they must suck if everybody likes them. <laughs> Uh, all right well coming up we have an episode we're going to do with john from the midnight movie cowboys on out for justice he is a a martial arts film expert if there's an official title for that whatever that is he's that he's like a rain man like knowledge of martial arts films he's like like brett with wrestling that's how he is with martial arts films I think he might even be more impressive with his memory, uh, knowledge in general, than than I am with wrestling. Just a, a wealth of knowledge. Indeed. Um, after that, I think we're going to do, well, there's going to be some more recently seen episodes to come, but 
Also, we're going to do uh, Time After Time and then probably Demolition Man. And that, those are going to be the two big movies for the summer before I go on my hiatus for uh, Baby Boy arriving in late July. And then um, we're probably going to bank some horror episodes to be released in September and October. They're going to be really topical. We're going to talk about th <laughs> things that are going to happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah we won't bank any recently seen episodes but today is monday the 23rd so last friday i think is when um my episode with Stu from the midnight movie cowboys our little side project it's gonna be a three episode series on the disco films of the late 90s so we talked about boogie nights in the episode that dropped on friday and that can only be found on youtube so it's not, uh, um, so yeah, it's just on YouTube on their uh, channel, Midnight Movie Cowboys Podcast. Go uh, subscribe. You can check out the video there. We're going to be doing an episode on the last days of disco next, followed by 54, Mike Myers' vehicle. You know, I, I just rewatched Miss March, and there's a line in there that reminded me of you when you and I talked about Boogie Nights. And the line is, hey, I never thought I'd say this to you, dog, but show me your penis. <laughs> it made me think of Eric for some reason. Yeah, we could use that as a drop for our uh, Dick Talk segment, our ever popular Dick Talk segment. We're about due for one. You know, it's been a while since we've talked dicks on here uh yeah spoiler alert we may have one later in this episode Ooh. no it wasn't in the good sun <laughs> thank god <laughs> although it's rated r for uh oh let me look macaulay Culkin says the f word once my pictures the whole time i'm watching I'm like why is this rated r yes he does <laughs> he says the f word once what's well, it's rated R for acts of violence and terror involving a disturbed child. Mm -hmm. So it's not rated R for language. Or blood of any kind, really. On the back of the Blu-ray box, that's what it says. <laughs> How did you do that? I have your Blu-ray box. It's here. How could you look at it? I tweeted it out. Oh, yeah. It's on my Twitter. I tagged you in it. You saw it. That's right. I had a lot going on that night. That was a that was a funny uh, reason to be rated R to me. But yes, the good son coming up in the movie challenge later on. Indeed. So, yeah, let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Since I completed the movie challenge, that means you go first. What did you see? I saw a 2022 Marvel Films movie. Yes. Called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Such a horror movie. Oh my God. It's such a horror movie. Leave your kids at home. Should have been rated R. It's so <laughs> violent. So fucking violent. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, who has like three good movies. Maybe four. 
<laughs> to piggyback off of that, you know, I like the Evil Dead movies as much as anyone else. Although every time I try to watch uh, Army of uh, Army of Shadows or the third one, is that what it's called? Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. I fall asleep every time. There's two, three <laughs> times in a row I've fallen asleep in the third one. Like, oh, that's like the best one. It's so, so fun. And the comedy is just level 10 in that movie. Right. <laughs> it's pretty good. I've only seen it once, but uh... I still like it. But it's just like both times. Like one of them was like middle of the day, like afternoon. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't stay awake. <laughs> Another one I think was maybe at night after a couple of cocktails. But yeah, I, mean, I, mean, you know, I really like the first and second one. And I still like the third one, but. It's going to take a little something extra for me to get through it, I guess. Right. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen all of Sam Raimi's movies. I do like the uh, uh, Evil Dead trilogy. Dark Man, I remember being okay. Spider-Man was eh. Spider-Man 2 made me stop watching Spider-Man movies for a while. And that's supposed to be the good one uh mm-hmm. dragging me to hell i thought was was spoiled for me before i saw it so i think i kind of ruined it for me it's army of darkness by the way third evil dead movie is that what i said i said army of the dead and uh, yeah. that's the snyder one did i say army of darkness first is that what i said you said army of shadows okay <laughs> i believe <laughs> well i was close it's an cause... army of something it's an <laughs> army of something Army of Darkness. Something evil sounding. Anyways, Doctor Strange. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, Sochil Gomez. I had to look up that pronunciation because it's spelled very strangely. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Jet Klein, Julian Hilliard, Michael Stuhlberg, or Stuhlbarg. Serious man. And uh, I, I won't list any more because there's some spoilers in this cast list. Spoilers. Synopsis. Dr. Strange teams up with a mysterious teenage girl from his dreams who can travel across multiverses to battle multiple threats, including other universe versions of himself which threatened to wipe out millions across the, you know, across the multiverse. They seek help from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, Wong, and others. I guess that's kind of what happens, but uh, this movie is dumb. It's, uh, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you, you, you've already seen that review, because that's all I had to say was, after seeing it. Was, this is so dumb. <laughs> which most multiverse movies I find stupid. Because usually they're just an excuse to do random stuff that doesn't make sense, just because. So you're excited for the Flash, aren't you? <laughs> well, it's hard to excite, get excited for any DC movies when they're just like not going to do the Snyderverse. Yeah. It's Although like, there's whispers about them changing it, uh, the Flash, you know. All the rumors out of the Flash are uh, old guys playing Batman. And now the Flash keeps beating up women in Hawaii, so they're like, <laughs> we might have to change the actor. <laughs> it was originally, it was like, okay, Ben Affleck's Batman dies at the end, and then now it's like, no, he doesn't die at the end. 
maybe they'll and, uh, change like they more. replace they replace Henry Cavill as Superman, and uh, then they might not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess. Yeah. But uh, expecting the worst, hoping for the best. Anyways, Doctor Strange. I, I don't know. Is it a spoiler? Like it says he, he seeks the help of Wanda, aka the Scarlet Witch. Like she's the one who's chasing after the girl who can jump multiverses. And uh so he just like tells the whole plan to Wanda, and then the Wanda's like, Well, thanks for sharing, because that's who I'm trying to get. <laughs> and uh and she and Wanda wants to steal the the girl's multiverse jumping powers so she can go to a universe where her pretend kids are real so that she can raise them and then dr strange has to stop her uh, for reasons Mm -hmm. and so like i didn't really give a shit about that story i don't know my brother was trying to tell me that i didn't get it and that's why i thought it was dumb and i'm like no i think i get it it's just dumb (laughs) (laughs) as far as the violence like the violence is very cartoony in in most of it like i didn't find it nearly as as graphic as a lot of other like like pg-13 horror movies or comic book movies that got an R rating for violence. Like it wasn't on that level. So I, I don't know. I feel it's a weird thing to argue about, you know, but uh, overall not a fan of Dr. Strange. I will Dr. Strange, a character, not a fan in general. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays him just like an asshole. And uh, I don't find him endearing whatsoever. Um, so to build a whole movie around him, <laughs> around him was uh, not very enjoyable. I, I did notice the the character uh, that jumps multiverses is America Chavez is the name of the character. And uh, she's the only person in the multiverse who doesn't have a different version of herself in every other universe but she has a uh a pride lapel pin on throughout the entire movie and she comes from uh, another universe where she has two mothers so i thought that was interesting that uh that they have the same pride flags in that universe as they do in ours uh, unless it's like superman where it means like hope or something like it, it has universal symbol it just looks like something <laughs> It's a multi-universal multiversal. Symbol. It's a multiversal <laughs> symbol. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, overall, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I'll give it a last resort because it's it's I don't know. It's it's big, loud, and dumb. It's Marvel, but uh, I didn't enjoy it. It's a last resort. All right. Old man yells at cloud. Next, I saw <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent, directed by Tom Gormican, starring Nicolas Cage as himself, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish, Sharon Horgan, 
Paco Leon, Neil Patrick Harris, Lily, Lily Mosheen, Alessandra Mastronardi, and Ike Bernholtz. Synopsis. In this action-packed comedy, Nicolas Cage plays Nick Cage, channeling his iconic characters as he's caught between a superfan and a CIA agent. So Nick Cage is playing a fictional, well, semi-fictionalized version of himself. And he's kind of, you know, <laughs> as he is in real life, he's, he's in and out of financial hard times, it seems, <laughs> quite frequently. He ends up taking a, uh, a gig where he's going to be paid a million dollars to attend a super fan's birthday party. And the super fan is Pedro Pes- Pascal. And this is in, uh, is it Italy? Forget. It's somewhere in Europe. Spain, I think. Spain? Yeah, that makes sense. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's <laughs> the famous Italian Pedro Pascal. It's either Spain or some made-up Spanish country that doesn't exist. I think it's Spain, though. Yeah. And he is thought to be a big uh, crime lord by the U.S. intelligence agencies. So they're after him for, uh, I think it's drug trafficking, I'm guessing. I won't spoil it to see uh, to say if you know he is or he isn't. But what I will spoil is <laughs> it's in the trailer and that Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage become fast friends and they kind of get, uh, what do you want to say, um, wrapped up in this, in this conspiracy? I don't know if you call it a conspiracy. What am I trying to say, Brett? They get wrapped up in this, uh, in this quagmire. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what word I'm supposed to use. Well, they, the, the CIA is supposed to send an uh, undercover agent in to spy on this guy. But like the agent doesn't show up, but Nicolas Cage does. So they recruit Nicolas Cage to be the undercover agent. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a sting operation. Yeah. They just need info. Yeah. So Nick Cage could totally do it. <laughs> so I was very excited for this uh, when it was uh, announced. And when I saw the trailers, um, I was a little disappointed. Uh, I still enjoyed it quite a bit, but I wanted more. A little more comedy and a lot more action. Uh, there wasn't one memorable stunt in here. The only stunt they even really do is that it's in the trailer. They jump off a cliff into the water. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some driving stuff that they do too. Yeah. But there's very little of it. And I was, I wanted, you know, to see Nick Cage, you know, kind of jumping and flying through the air, shooting double guns. You know, and he doesn't do any of that. And I was very disappointed in that. But well, I still part of, part of the story is that Pedro Pascal has written a screenplay that he wants Nicolas Cage to star in. Mm-hmm. And and Nick Cage turns it down. But because because the government needs him to gather more information, he uh, decides that him and Pedro are going to write their own script together. Mm hmm. And their script that they're writing within the movie kind of follows the path of the movie itself that they're living in. And uh, so, like, they have scenes where they talk about they're driven adult drama. Like, this doesn't need to be, like, full of stupid stunts and and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it kind of morphs into that as as they go along. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought their interaction was great. Uh, Pascal and cage were great together. Some pretty funny moments. I thought it just lacked some, like, like you said, yeah. I mean, they set it up to be, you know, a drama film. I mean, the one that they're writing, but when this was marketed as, you know, this is going to be Nick cage kind of reprising some of his characters, basically in this crime caper, trying to take down a, a, a cartel basically. So there's little action to be had, uh, but still plenty of comedy. Cage is great as always. I'm always a big Nick Cage fan. Um, so he didn't disappoint with his performance. Um, there were some fun nods to characters of Nick Cage's past. Um, so I will give it an eventually. Eventually. I thought it was too much Nick Cage. Well, yeah. It was, it was, it was too much Nick Cage. Although I, the ending I liked, uh, I like pretty good. Yeah. Although I've seen other people review it who say they didn't like the ending. They liked everything but the ending. <laughs> and I'm like, but the ending was the best part. <laughs> yeah, I like the ending. All right. So would you would you give it a last resort then, or eventually? yeah, I, I would give it a last resort. Okay. All right. What else have you seen? There's another uh, 2022 movie, Firestarter, which is a remake of a movie which I have not seen, although I may watch it. I watched the trailer for the uh, the original after I saw the new one, and uh, George C. Scott plays an Indian who's a psychic, and uh, I may have to watch that. I was scrolling through Facebook today, and there was some, it might have been a sponsored page like you should follow this page because you're into movies but it was a it was a picture that was taken at the premiere for firestarter and it shows a little nine-year-old drew barrymore lighting stephen king's cigarette it was so weird no like stephen king's like kneeling he's into like a tux and he's kneeling he's got cigarette in his mouth and she has a match and she's lighting his cigarette like i guess on the red carpet because this is cute I guess it's cute because she's the fire starter. Yeah. But also she's <laughs> probably hammered and smoking crack with him, you know, backstage. Stephen King would never do cocaine in the 80s. <laughs> he would never. I would never do crack. Direct a movie called Maximum Overdrive. I would never um, do crack. Crack, crack is cheap. <laughs> crack is cheap. Crack is whack. <laughs> Anyways, the new Firestarter is directed by Keith Thomas. Stars Zach Efron, Ryan Kira Armstrong, Sidney Lemon, Michael Gray Eyes, Gloria Rubin, Kurtwood Smith, John Beasley. And the synopsis is a young girl tries to understand how she mysteriously gained the power to set things on fire with her mind. This is an objectively bad movie. <laughs> like, like the acting is just horrible. Zach Efron is really, really bad. And uh, Gloria Rubin is, is even worse, which is hard to believe. It's just terrible. But I had fun with it. Um, it had quite a few what seemed to be unintentionally funny mo- moments just 
from the bad writing and acting. Although I like the, I thought the CG effects in general, I thought were pretty cool, which helped. And then again, a lot of f- moments that were funny that probably shouldn't have been funny. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not great, but uh, you might want to check it out if if you just want you know something to put on in the background that maybe give it a couple of chuckles, uh, uh, smiles here and there, and some some cool special effects. But uh, not a must see. So Firestarter twenty twenty two is a last resort. It's a last resort. Okay. Well, in preparation for our episode on Out for Justice, I've been watching a lot of Steven Seagal. I watched Under Siege the other day, Watch Out for Justice. I watched another one last night called Hard to Kill. This is from 1990, directed by Bruce Malmuth, Malmuth starring... Steven Seagal, Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science, your boy William Sadler as the uh, crooked politician. I never recognized him outside of Bill and Ted. <laughs> you <laughs> recognized him? In, like uh, I'll see his name in Die Hard too. Well, Die Hard Two is the only other one because I know he's doing the naked Tai Chi at the beginning. That's the two things I know about him. Naked Tai Chi and Die Hard 2 and Death and Bill and Ted. <laughs> Bogus Journey. And and then uh, Face the Music now. Mm. But like I'll see his, his name in the, the opening titles of movies. I'm like, man, I got to watch out for William Sadler. And then I won't notice him through the entire movie. I'm like, well, which one was he? And he's like, oh, oh, he's the main bad guy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's often the main bad guy, as he is in here. Uh, Frederick Coffin, Bonnie Burroughs, Dean Norris, he's in here. That's so weird. After watching Breaking Bad, going back and watching old 80s action movies, and Dean Norris is in like half of them. <laughs> and then... Uh, I always knew him from Total Recall, but very few other ones. What's his name? Uh, Mike, the guy who plays Mike is in like the other half. Yeah, he's in Beverly Hills Cop. I always knew him from Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Synopsis for Hard to Kill. Left for dead with his wife killed in their house, LA detective Mason Storm will have to make a quick recovery, expose those behind the murder, and take revenge. So the setup is he's he's a cop investigating. um, He's videotaping these guys that were talking about doing a hit he has a uh, good audio recording equipment well he knocks something over and they kind of hear him so they kind of chase after him uh, eventually they figure out that he's the guy with the uh, the tapes that need to be destroyed and he needs to be taken care of and so they uh they raid his house and they don't leave anyone alive except for his son who he snuck out the window it was thought to have been thought to have perished and Steven Seagal, for that matter, but he's just in a coma for seven years. <laughs> this is all in 83, and then he wakes up in 1990. <laughs> in current day, 1990 LA. It's kind of like the premise for Miss March, only he was in a coma for four <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kelly LeBrock is the nurse that helps him out because there's crooked politicians, there's crooked cops. They're involved with the criminals. So, 
involved in this criminal empire. So he needs somebody from the outside to help him out because he's atrophied, right? Seven years in a coma. So he has to recover. And so there's a couple montages of him working out again. You got me thinking of Miss March because they do atrophy jokes in that. And they also do a ball control joke several yeah. times. <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> uh, none of that in here, unfortunately. But uh, this is more a solid Steven Seagal action. I liked Out for Justice more, although this was still pretty entertaining. You know, there's some decent uh, set pieces. You know, now they're starting to blend together, though, with like him uh-huh. just breaking arms and hitting people with cue balls and that was that's an out for justice but you know uh, butcher knives meat cleavers <laughs> seems like there's several <laughs> um incidents that take place in and around like a butcher shop <laughs> but um yeah i will uh give this an eventually eventually fun little right. seagal action picture it's a scant 89 minutes no this is 96 Okay, ninety maybe Alfred Justice is like ninety one or eighty nine, but it seems like they're all yeah. very short. I think I've seen Hard Target, but it was years and years ago. Hard to kill, hard to kill. Hard Target is the John Wu Jean Claude Van Damme film. I think I've seen that one too, but I, I think I've seen Hard Target, but it's been so many years. Hard to kill. Uh, <laughs> hard hard to kill. I'll get it right sometime. <laughs> I've seen the Steven Seagal movie that has hard to something in it. Hard to kill. <laughs> did I get it right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's probably been about 15 years since I've seen it, though. Yeah. Anyways, my last movie of the episode is another 2022 movie called Men. Are you scared? It's about men. <laughs> I like Alex Garland's previous two films, but the title is making me wary of this one. Yeah. As you mentioned, Alex Garland, writer and director stars, Jesse Buckley, Rory Kinnear, Papa S.C. S.C. Do Gail Rankin. That's about it. It's a small cast synopsis. A young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. That's not much of a synopsis. And to be honest, I don't even know what to think about this movie. This movie is bizarre and surreal. That is absurd. Strange. (laughs) (laughs) That is absurd. Very strange. So yeah, like she she starts her vacation, and uh, I God, I don't even know what what to what to talk about with this. She's uh, so so the first thing she does is pulls an apple off a tree and starts eating it, and uh, like the the house that she's renting, the guy who owns it makes a joke about forbidden fruit. And uh, he's kind of creepy. And then later she's going for a walk and she sees a a dude just standing naked who who may or may not be following her. And then that dude starts stalking her house and trying to get in. 
and he's kind of jaundicey, but he's like he's got his dick out. <laughs> I don't know. It's just she keeps running into these weird men in the village and they all kind of look like the guy that owns the house she's renting. And then it gets at the end, it gets really strange. And I, I'm not going to get any specifics in case you want to watch it, but like, it didn't really make any sense. And then it kind of, it kind of gets to a point where it kind of connects back to other things earlier in the movie. But like, I was so confused. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to get at with this movie. <laughs> like, I have no idea what to make of this. There's some, uh, I, I guess you can only call it like really good special effects. The atmosphere is, is, is really well done, I guess. But like, God, I don't know what he was going for. Uh, and I don't even know if it's a good movie. Like, <laughs> it came out of it thinking, like, what the hell did I just watch? I don't know what's going on. But uh, I think for that reason, I got to give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Because it's, it's kind of incoherent in the messaging. Although it does seem like it's, it's trying to be some kind of trauma porn. Um, cause it is, there's a fixation on her husband's death and, uh, the, the lead up to that. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give man a last resort, uh, just because it's, it's just strange. It's just a strange movie that, uh, was very confusing to me. All right. Well, I completed the movie challenge for the good son and that came out in 1993, directed by Joseph Rubin, Rubin, starring Macaulay Culkin, Elijah Wood, Wendy Crewson. Is it David Morsey or David Morse? I always like Morse. Uh, there's it's M O R S E, like Morse code. Yeah, David Morse, Daniel Hugh Kelly, Jacqueline Brooks. Ashley Crow. I think that'll do it. Synopsis. A young boy stays with his aunt and uncle and becomes friends with his cousin, a boy of the same age who shows increasing signs of violent and psychopathic behavior. So Elijah Wood, uh, his dad is played by David Morse and uh, his wife, uh, Elijah Wood's mother passes away of cancer. I'm guessing yeah, some kind of disease. It didn't seem like it was too clear, but I'm guessing cancer. But uh, she gone, and <laughs> um, the dad has some sort of like important business deal he's got to pay attention to, right? He's so he's got to go to Japan to make a, a business deal to end all business deals. It's the last one he'll ever have to make. And he can't reschedule it, so he's got to go to Japan instead of spending time with his uh, his reasonably motherless child, mm-hmm. his grief-stricken son. So he drives him across eleven or thir- was it eleven states or thirteen states? I forget what it is to spend uh, two weeks with his brother and his brother's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's one of those things where it's. Well, he 
does this business deal and then he can he doesn't really have to work anymore you know he sets his son up for life yeah that's, kind of what that, that's the implication yeah. yeah that's the implication so he's like yeah i'll ship him up to my uh it's his sister's place right i think the i think it's it his brother. brother okay yeah so um drops him off i think he stays maybe one night and then he skedaddles off to japan and uh elijah wood and macaulay culkin they become fast friends and little by little uh elijah wood becomes wary of young macaulay and his uh violent ways and schemes he's a uh, psychopath yeah we talked about this earlier with the r rating was that before we started recording maybe no i think it was on the episode okay but yeah, there isn't much to speak of with violence. Uh, we can get into it more in spoilers, but this is a pretty tame R-rated film, aside from the one F word, basically. There's some fun to be had. Uh, I enjoyed uh, most of it. Although I probably wouldn't watch it again. Once once is enough, probably. Hmm. I do remember this uh, when it came out. It was kind of all the rage. I was like, we'll call it Culkin. He's, a, he's bad. In a movie called The Good Son, <laughs> you know, he's going against hype. This, I think My Girl was about 92. And then, you know, he had Home Alone 1 and 2 uh, before this, right before this. Uncle Buck was 89, I think, or 88. So, you know, he was America's sweetheart, basically. How could he be a bad son? Right. So I, I kind of like that, uh, that they're playing with his image. Well, I didn't, I mean, I thought he was fine in here, but. I was expecting a little more out of him. I thought Elijah Wood was acting circles around him the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, Elijah Wood was really good as mm-hmm. a child actor. Yeah. Like, Come on, North. You kidding me? <laughs> Free Willy, which was right after this. I think that was about 94 off the top of my head. Yeah, I was looking to see if this was Macaulay Culkin's like, last movie before going on hiatus, but no, he did. Uh, after the good son, he did getting even with dad, the page mm-hmm. master, and Richie Rich. Yeah, and then he kind of vanished until Party Monster in all three. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess for my rating, I will give this a last resort. It's a last resort. Last resort. Yeah, enjoyed it, but um, I don't know. I just, I think people are fine if they don't see it, but. Yeah, I can I can see that. Although, I, like I was telling you uh, when I gave you the disc, um, like I watched it a few years ago, and I I remember liking it, like to the point where I'm like, oh, it's I can get it cheap on Blu-ray. Okay, I'll I'll do that. But watching it again, like it was like I don't know, I just really really liked it this time. Yeah. Was, Would you give it a soonish or an eventually? I think I'd give it a soonish based on the last time okay. I watched it here. Fair enough. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I was just kind of like, eh, like usually <laughs> even some last resorts, I'll think about buying them cheap on Blu-ray. And this right. one I was like, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> Keel Orber sale comes along and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. But um, maybe I'll revisit it in 15 years or so. We'll see. Yeah. Something about it this time was like just clicked. Like every single thing hit. It was like, oh man, this is so good. Maybe you just had a different childhood than myself, one filled with uh, evil shenanigans. Well, there's a scene where uh, 
like Elijah Wood pushes uh, Macaulay Culkin up against the wall in their bedroom and the sister runs out yelling, mom, they're fighting, they're fighting. And like my dad tells a story all the time about how my my mom's siblings and their kids would come over for holidays and me and my brother would start fighting and like one of our cousins would run off doing the same. They're fighting, they're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I, I got a kick out of that seeing that and uh yeah that's just like my childhood but uh anyways all right well now i need to challenge you to watch something so this is a challenge as i said we're back for another string of bond films so i'm giving you moonraker since you enjoyed Jaws so much and the Spy Who Loved Me, he, well, he's back for more in Moonraker. Although, you know, Spy Who Loved Me is always kind of seen as Roger Moore's best Bond film and a lot of people's favorites. And you're kind of like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And uh, Moonraker is like seen as one of the worst. <laughs> but uh, there's some there's some pretty great stuff in there, um, both cheesy and not cheesy. Like there's some really cool stunts. And there's some other stuff that is very cheesy and dated, and but you, you tend to like that stuff too. So maybe you'll like this one more than uh, Spider Love Me. So we'll see, I, I guess. I feel like the ones that you say people universally like, I don't like as much. And the ones yeah. that you say people don't <laughs> like are the ones that I tend to like. Yeah. So you seem to like the, the zanier stuff, the kitschy, uh, cheesier stuff, it seems like. Yeah. Like that's, Bond. That's, that's one of the things in, in some of the Bond movies it's like some of this, the plots seem so minor like, mm-hmm. like in The Spy Who Loved Me it was just like oh he's stealing submarines okay <laughs> he wants to build an underwater city mm-hmm. eh. and destroy the world because if you remember yeah. this is the this is the same plot except he wants to destroy the world and create a master race in space so that might make it better well destroy humans not the world necessarily all humans he wants to kill all the humans (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah we'll see how that goes all right um we kind of already told you what's coming up next so i think we can just kind of wrap it up a little bit and then we'll talk a little bit longer uh, about the good son with spoilers. So Brett, where can people find some lovely merchandise? You can head on over to WTM. Watch this spring.com. All right. Yeah. You can reach out to us. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or Brett at positively wolf one. You can also follow us both at, on Letterboxd to see our, what we've been watching lately and some reviews and ratings. Uh, you can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most all other podcast apps. So the good son. Yeah, like so he kills the dog. And I'm like, I've, I mean, I can kind of see it. You know, it's a, they don't want to show it. It's a killing a dog yeah i was like god like when's the r rating coming (laughs) (laughs) 
And then he says that F word. I was like, that's where it is. But even like back then, it seemed like you could still get away with saying one R, R word, R, or, uh, sorry, F word, F bomb for uh, PG 13. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I don't know. I wonder because it could just it's... be the fall at the end. It's just so tragic for everyone to see Macaulay Culkin splattered over a bunch of rocks. I mean, he's in yeah. splattered, but. He looks a little different <laughs> laying yeah, on I, the rocks in the water. I was thinking, I wonder if they, they went hard with the rating because they, they thought Macaulay Culkin would draw a younger audience. Yeah. Like, and it's uh, it would be traumatic for young children to see some of this stuff. Yeah. But I, I give them ideas. <laughs> it's a pretty soft R. Well, yeah, the Mr. Highway scene. <laughs> <laughs> He built a dummy. He calls Mister Highway, and he like he just takes it to an overpass and throws it down in front of traffic. <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna do that. Cause it's like a twenty car pile up. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Omen, but with no, you know, supernatural powers or ability. And uh, yeah, it's funny because he. Macaulay Culkin is like a genuine psychopath. Like he doesn't have feelings. So he's always like trying to like imitate like other people's feelings. And then he, he's really manipulative. Like he starts turning it on, like turning the suspicion against uh, Elijah Wood's character, like including he tricks him into thinking that all the food has been poisoned. And so Elijah Wood starts like, throwing all the food down the the uh the disposal and uh like he just looks crazy himself and so like the parents they turn on him it's like oh my son would never do anything like that but that cousin of his you know his mom died you know <laughs> yeah like say so said earlier i think elijah wood kind of acts circles around him the whole movie i was trying to think so obviously I love him in the home alone films and uncle buck, my girl, it's been a long time. I'm sure he's I, fine in there. I, I've never seen my girl, but I've okay. seen a lot of memes and stuff about <laughs> it. So, you know, the ending of my girl, I don't think you cannot know the ending of my okay. girl. Is it <laughs> like, is it possible to not have that be spoiled? For you can't you? see without his glasses. <laughs> he isn't wearing his glasses. I will say at the end of The Good Son, I cheered when she dropped Macaulay. Like, <laughs> yes. She made the right choice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Real Sophie's choice there. It wasn't much of a Sophie's choice considering he just tried to murder his mother. Well, um, she found out that he killed his baby brother because they gave the baby brother his uh, rubber duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That was Although that that little revelation was like, oh, how does she jump to that? Just because he has the rubber duck, why does that mean that he killed him? Like, why? Because she's you know she's so against that that whole notion of him being violent. I was wondering why the rubber ducky was. This is what you know puts all the evidence over the top. Well, I th- yeah, I think she saw. She started to see like his uh, the, what he was doing in his shed. And so she started to kind of like 
put two and two together like oh maybe the cousin isn't full of shit and my son really is a psychopath and then the way he reacted to the duck i think she's like yeah. oh oh my god he did kill uh, yeah you know, his reaction definitely like he <laughs> he doesn't handle it well and <laughs> like yeah i can tell you're lying now but yeah it's oh just like god. it didn't seem like anything threw her off in the shed like she's in there for like five minutes looking around and then the duck falls on she said oh i've been looking over for this you must have murdered him yeah but <laughs> but th- she found that bolt gun didn't she um i'm guessing so if he's in there but i don't re- i don't recall her like noticing it in a, any significant way like oh wow this is like a this is a weapon you shouldn't be having this you know right well yeah i agree with that but yeah the duck was definitely the uh the smoking gun that really set her off that was the one thing she cared about was the, the smoking bolt the, gun. The, the dead baby and it's like well i guess uh i guess he was in there when the baby was in the bath Mm-hmm. Fucking held him underwater. Um. So I was trying to think. I was like, "Well, why? Why do I think Macaulay Culkin's like bad in this?" I mean, some of it just could be him playing against type and what I'm used to seeing him as. But I think also it's I think his image and the way everyone remembers him is based mostly off of his ability to basically just deliver witty dialogue from John Hughes because mm-hmm. the uncle buck, the home alone movies, because he's always, you know, been so charming and funny in those movies. Cause he's kind of talking like a grown up, you know, he's right. like smarter than a lot of the grown ups, And um, it says that snappy witty dialogue. So I guess if he doesn't have that, then he <laughs> doesn't really have anything. I thought he was pretty just good. in this movie. Yeah. I don't I thought- think it was horrible, but. It was just kind of like, I thought it was jarring the difference between Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin in this movie. Right. But I, I, that might be intentional too, because Macaulay Culkin is playing a character with no emotions. Yeah, and uh, that might that might have been mm-hmm. how they wanted it to come out. Um, and I, I thought he played no emotions pretty good, considering. Like how over the top some of his other characters in other movies are. Although this is pretty similar to the the Home Alone character in a lot of ways. It's it's like if the Home Alone character was the bad guy. If the Home Alone character was Buzz, <laughs> and instead of attacking intruders, he was going after his own family. Yeah, but I mean, no, you bring up a good point, and like I said, I. I think some of it might just be, I'm just so used to seeing him as the beloved, you know, America's sweetheart, uh, charming, funny, young 11 year old boy, basically, or eight year old boy, whatever he was. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I still liked seeing him do something different. This must've been pretty risky for him, especially when he was on top of the world at this time, making family, you know, family fair. And he continued after this. Yeah, for about a year he made he made a handful about three more three or four more movies after that. I wonder if they just wanted to make an omen film with him, but you know, they couldn't get the rights. So they're like, well then we're just gonna have him be a psychopath without you know being the devil's son. Well, I was kind of reading some of the trivia as 
So it says Jesse Bradford was originally slated to play Henry, which is Macaulay Culkin's character. But Macaulay Culkin's father wanted his son to star, saying he would pull Macaulay out of Home Alone 2 if he wasn't cast in this movie. So Fox agreed to cast him. And then if you know if you notice the the sist the girl that plays his sister is his real sister. So like Macaulay Culkin always gets one of his siblings another role in the movie. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. And then I read that the uh the picture of his uh of the dead brother is Rory Culkin. Yeah. Fuller. Go easy <laughs> on the Pepsi. Yeah, any other scenes you want to talk about? That well of his must have been filling up with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I, I mean, it's a short movie, so I mean, we covered most of it. Um, like I said, I cheered at the end. It was like, fuck that psychopath kid. Like, the Elijah end that was Wood. filmed in Dul- uh, around Duluth, I should say, or Two Harbors. Is that what it's called? Is that the town it's nearest it's, by? Uh, yeah, it's um, Split Rock Lighthouse, which I visited with my family as a child. Maybe even around the time they filmed this movie, but I don't remember much about it. It's kind of funny though. So, I mean, yeah, the most of the film takes place in like Massachusetts area, like Manchester by the Sea type. But yeah, all those scenes where the mom goes to think about Richard, which is like every other scene, she's just like by Duluth somewhere, just looking into Lake Superior. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was a fun little tidbit right in the, uh, the filming boom and the Minnesota filming boom in the nineties. So makes sense that they found a spot there to film and they did stuff is just starting to be filmed here again. Cause of that new, uh, tax relief incentive that they have, I'm sure it's still not as good as most places. I'm not counting on Fargo to come here for season five feel like I'm two seasons behind on Fargo. Yeah. It's a good show. Just, I can't keep up with these TV shows. It's too much to watch. Mm-hmm. Anyways, The Good Son. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't remember how I felt the first time I watched, but I, I, I probably felt kind of like you did. But this time it was just, uh, just hit the right spot. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that I could watch it again and change my mind. Somewhat depends on, I guess, the mood you're in. Right. If you want to be wistful for growing up in the early 90s. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, I guess we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you off my case.